0: Getting the early numbers could be the key to success when betting on the NFL. That's why we're here to react to the pinnacle openers and analyse where the market might move. Welcome to The Opening Line. It is time for another episode of The Opening Line. We're getting ready for week 12 of the NFL season and here to take you through the odds are not our three, but our two NFL experts this week. We've got Eric Eager and Andy Molitor. Andy, I'll, I'll start with you. How was week 11? Are you, are you heading into week 12 on the up or are you are looking to, to recover some losses?
1: Yeah, had a winning week. It was nice. Uh, didn't really get involved last night. Just a little second half bet that didn't quite get there, but, uh, chiefs cheeks, chiefs second half was a nice closer for Sunday and overall, I, I made this joke with some people and I don't even know if it probably wasn't even a joke. Like I almost wish I didn't bet sometimes. Cause that chiefs Raiders game was something to just take in. Like I'm, I'm almost mad. I had money on that game. Like I, I wish I could have just watched it unimpeded because it was really, really a fun game. And hopefully we actually get a third, uh, third matchup of those two teams in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, definitely a, a decent one for the neutral Eric. Were you uh, involved from a betting perspective on that one or, or how did the other games go?
2: <clears throat> I think I had some chiefs at six and a half, um, which never really materialized or had a chance um i had a little over as well which luckily got there um but yeah it was it was a good week i mean for you know we had uh we had, we saw value on dallas we saw value on the jets we saw value on eventually denver once i got the plus four um we saw value on tampa bay last night as well as the over so it was a, it was a good week um but uh it'll be i think this week will be uh interesting and in that there's not as many fun marquee games and it's yeah, you know, especially on Thursday you're going to be basically slogging through I think.
0: Yeah I mean we were we were chatting a little bit off air and there's kind of I don't know about elsewhere but at, at Pinnacle I'm seeing a lot of greyed out a lot of keypad signs games getting taken down some being put up Um so we'll just we'll work our way through it we'll, we'll work with what's there on the board and obviously talk about some of the other games that might not be available to bet now, but but it will still be interesting to, to get some input from you guys. Um, so we'll start off with the, the Houston Texans at the Detroit Lions. This one's opened up at minus two and a half on the Texans and a, a 51 point total. The, the two and a half is still there, um, but it is edging towards the three, potentially might get there later in the week, could even come back the other way. But is it one where... You're waiting for for it to hit the three and maybe take Detroit, or do you think uh, Houston are worth the points? Where, where do you sit on that one, Andy?
1: I took a little uh, position on this under, um, just based on what I'm seeing. From, I mean, I, I don't think Stafford's thumb ligament is going to heal over overnight, much even if you give him the full four days here. So this offense, they might get Galladay back and maybe has Eric says some insight on that. I think it's trending towards a 50-50, and if Galladay plays, uh, it'll be a lot better for that uh, Detroit offense. I don't understand exactly why, but it seems to drive through him, and it just it took an absolute uh, detour to. I mean, they got shut out. They got shut out, and they they lost twenty to nothing in a game where they picked off the opposing quarterback twice in the end zone. He like played against an XFL quarterback, kind of made him look bad at times. Yes, they still had nice receivers, but that was that was a very bad performance. I don't think we're going to see something like that, but uh, the total was a little high for my liking, especially with some injuries at receiver for Houston. And uh, even though it is indoors and Detroit's secondary is bad, I would love to see Houston with a lead because I don't think Detroit has the uh the roster right now to get back into a game man if they fall behind it could just be a really snoozy game hopefully you eat your turkey early you can sleep through the second half of this one i don't think i can take if i did have to take a side it, it would probably just be detroit straight up or excuse me houston houston and the points like if, you, if you're if you gonna bet detroit you're you're betting galladay plays and kills like you might as well just play them straight up but yeah houston laying the points but uh, it's probably a bit much for me even
2: I I laid two and a half earlier in this week um, when it was, you know, sort of more uh, 110, 115. I like nothing more than betting against Matt Patricia against one of the uh, legitimately a top five quarterback in the NFL on a short week indoors. Um, That the defense is bad. You know, don't let the only 20 points against PJ Walker sort of fool you um they're I think a mess from a you know coaching standpoint on both sides of the football I do think Galladay helps them but Stafford's thumb like is that getting better in a three-day rest period I don't think so so I think Houston's literally the only side I don't mind Andy's um approach to the total I have to look at what we have for the total here the only issue is is both defenses are extremely bad and leaky um and so you're basically making a bet against, we have it at 52 uh, and a half. So man, I can see why you like the under, but I, I don't think the defense is either one of them are fundamentally good. You're betting the under, Andy, right? You're making You're making a bet that Detroit's defense, sorry, Detroit's offense is going to completely stall, in which case I just lay the points with Houston, right? Yeah.
0: You uh, you mentioned their top five quarterback in Deshaun, Eric. Just how how good is he according to your numbers? And obviously we know that most sides are going to rely on their quarterback. Is it just simply a case of he doesn't have a good game that the Texans are just going to massively struggle?
2: Yeah, but he hasn't had any stinkers really of late. I mean, they're averaging almost a quarter of an expected point per pass. Um You know they're terrible in the run game, but they sort of have abandoned that. They they pass the ball 69 percent of the time, Um, and Watson, when clean, has 120 pass rating. He's only thrown a turnover worthy play one out of every. you know, it's like 60 pass at one out of every 60 dropbacks is a turnover worthy play, which that's like once every two games. Um, so you can really win with that. It's just that their defense is so horrendous. Um, and, you know, in a couple of games, they didn't get stops at the end and in, in the game against uh, New England, they did. Uh, and that they ended up victorious in that one. Um, so I guess like that's I mean, he's there. There are not quarterbacks in the league right now who are making big plays at the clip that Watson is and, and preventing turnovers at the rate he is as well
1: yeah hopefully the uh like you talked about they did just abandon the run with Tunsil out they just couldn't get anything going and i guess good on them for just saying well this ain't working let's not do it anymore and hopefully from a game script point we see something like that where they get a lead and they're unable if they're unable to put together drives to just kill clock and they kick it back to detroit i think that's just as good for the unders them running the ball for eight minutes like anytime detroit has the ball i'm happy so I, I, yeah, I like your side as well.
0: All right, then we'll let, uh, as we said, we got, we've got got plenty of games to get through today. We'll move on to, to Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this one has stayed where it opened on the side, minus three on the Cowboys here. The totals dropped a bit, 47 down to, to 46. Another, another win for Washington on Sunday, a, a massive divisional matchup here, obviously. I'm not sure... We talked about it a couple of weeks back. I'm not sure if anyone's actually taken them to, to win the NFC East, but um, it's looking a lot more likely now than it did back then and certainly going to look even better if they if they get it done here. Do you, Eric, I'll go to you. Do you think they can do it or, or do Dallas deserve to be favourites?
2: People are jumping all over Dallas, right, because of the win against, you know, what I think we'll all agree is an OK Minnesota team at home, on the road. Um, Andy Dalton was great. Uh And the run game, you know, they used Pollard enough to overcome having Zeke on the field uh, too much. Um, Their defense, I thought, was it brought, you know, a toughness there that that they hadn't had in recent weeks. And the Vikings kind of played into it by running the football too much. So I can see why they're favored. I can see why, um, but I can also see why it looks like it's trending towards Washington. Our number is more like 2.4 on this game. Um, And I, you know, for me, Alex Smith keeps both teams in every single game, um, you know, and he he's not he's never going to kill Washington, which was the issue with Haskins in many cases. And the defensive line for the football team is a lot stronger uh, than, you know, anything Minnesota has to offer. And the last time they interacted, it was, you know, they basically got Dalton killed out there. So I, I can see why people – I can see why Dallas is favored, but I also think Washington is going to be a little bit live in here. So I'm probably laying off both sides. and and total here but um you know if you if you made me i think i'd take washington
0: andy was there a a little hand raise there when we talked about the nfc i'm
1: I'm thinking about betting dallas to win it like they could they could win eight games if like if they just keep dalton clean they have really good receivers like it's a thing that could happen like they're they're a pretty bad team on defense although just you did see some toughness i hate to throw things you can't like we can't quantify toughness or grittiness or how hard but they were hitting hard and they were playing hard for a team that you know made say people said quit i don't know you can find better than two and a half or two to one on them to win the division like i've run some numbers on just what i think will happen and even though i do make washington favored in this game like just based on pure numbers. I haven't upgraded Dallas yet off anything they did Sunday. I have a lot to think about on that game. I actually want to watch parts of that back because I don't know. but Andy Dalton might just be the guy we thought he could be a few weeks ago. It was like, this is one of the better backups in the league. He has three receivers who could be you know high-end receivers. And if they're going to use Tony Pollard more, this might be a good offense where this could just be like the crappy Chiefs where – oh, man, this offense has some good receivers and they can't stop anybody. Yeah. Like, you're just really, really, really low-rent Chiefs. Where they're, It's like, well, you got to outscore Dallas because their offense kind of works if you can't get pressure on them. That said, like, I don't know. Who's Minnesota's sack leader right now, Eric? I'm not sure I can answer that question. Afani
2: Adagabo, maybe, or Shamar St- I It's bad. It, it might it, be it's...
1: Shamar. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not good. Um, yeah, they, they don't have anybody that's going to get the kind of pressure. You know, I hate to bring up uh, – yeah, it it was Ngakwe who's not on the team anymore. The yeah, the leaders, Eric Wilson yeah. with three, so they don't they don't have the kind of pressure you can get from that front four in Washington. So that'll be the matchup I'm looking for. I'm not betting this game. And then also like the news right now is there there has been an update on what we talked about off air. It looks like the strength and conditioning coach had a major medical issue today and is in the emergency room so they. it sounds
2: like he passed away
1: yeah that that was i yeah i'd heard that um i'm not seeing anything substantiating that the si like five minutes ago said serious condition at the hospital so and if he if he did if those rumors are true i'm not sure they'll even play this game it'll be interesting to see and, you know hopefully everything's all right down there in dallas but uh I, yeah my numbers say washington i'll probably not bet this game if it even occurs
2: you know by our numbers dallas is the only team in the nfc east that has an above average schedule uh in terms of ease the average dallas opponent is two points worse than uh, the average opponent whereas washington's or sorry new york has the 19th hardest schedule washington 22nd sorry 19th easiest 22nd easiest and then philly who I think has, you know, one of the rougher ones, 27th there, Um, you know, the next four games, I think Philly's going to be underdogs by a a decent amount in the next four.
0: And just remind me, Eric, was your, was your kind of perspective on that? Did you get involved in it from a, from a betting point of view, or was it more one just to, to sit on the sidelines and it was just an interesting kind of topic to cover for you?
2: No, I mean, I'm on some Philly to not make the playoffs. I'm on some, uh, Washington and Dallas are the two. So, uh, which I'm a little worried about because frankly, Daniel Jones is probably the best quarterback in that division. And I'm betting against him. Um, but, and they have an easy one this week against Cincinnati. So, uh, in theory, if you like the giants to win the NFC East, they're probably going to, they're probably going to get more expensive after this week, after a road win in Cincy. So, um, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I think almost all of my, my NFC East take is profoundly just anti Philly, but, um, you know, there is some pro Washington and some pro Dallas mixed in there.
0: What?
1: Right. Were you going to yeah, say I'm, something? I'm, I'm on any anybody but Philly, I think, is where I'm looking at. From <laughs> yeah. the schedule, I, I don't understand why Philly's number is what it is. Like, I almost want to look for a no on Philly right now. I know you guys on your podcast, Eric, have some, like, no to make the playoffs uh, from earlier in the year on Philly. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I think under 9.5
2: is just such a cinch, especially after the Brandon uh, Brooks injury. But, you know, people like Philly. Interesting thing about Philly is I think they're decent at basic strategy. They go for all the right fourth downs, but their scheme is terrible. And I think Wentz at this point is just irreducibly bad. Like when you can't – when you when you don't give your team a chance on 20% of your dropbacks, like it's just not – you can't win that way, right? And And that's been the case every single game this year.
0: All right, well, our our next game and the last one for the the Thanksgiving lineup is the the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one, I don't, I don't really know where to begin. There's a whole lot of COVID going on. I think with the the Ravens, and I'm not too sure what the state is at the moment. We're we're currently on uh, minus four on the Steelers, forty five point total. Is it is it one where you can get involved on sort of ifs and maybes, or or is this one just a uh, Sit back, eat your eat your dinner, drink your drink, and enjoy the game.
1: I bet Pittsburgh already. I got the good. I got the good <laughs> you, got, you got it at three, right, Andy? I, got and it, I get it. at a flat three. So good, you know, good for me for predicting the rise of Corona in the in the Charmed City there.
2: Well, you, no, I mean, think about this. I like, I like so, the number either way. You know? Well, but th- this is also a, a key point to make: which teams are more fragile? to losing players. I think it is Baltimore's defense is very, uh, numbers based, right? Like they beat you not because they have superstars, but because they have a lot of really good players. Right. And you, you pluck a play, a really good player or two off of that defense. And it's more than one or two players worth, you know, the way that things work additionally on offense. They're defensive, like in their offense, in that their offense requires a number of interconnected pieces to work well. They're not a quarterback-centric team. They're a, and we've seen why their offense has struggled this year. They're a, they're an offense that requires the most valuable offensive line in football a season ago. They're an offense that requires their running backs to all be in tip-top shape and their tight ends. And you know, we don't know which players. You know, we know COVID's going to happen, right? Like this is this is a a, a lock now, right? And COVID is going to affect. Look at look at Kansas City the other day. COVID COVID took out their third wide receiver, McCole Hardman, for most of the game. Um, it took out some practice time for other players, and they make one big bet on Patrick Mahomes and end up winning, right? Like that's that's just what it is, right? Pittsburgh is a little bit more. Pittsburgh does. They're obviously good on defense, but like they're also a team full of stars. What like what if you if you don't hit Watt Fitzpatrick? Big Ben and three of his four receivers—they're still going to be a pretty damn good team, right? So the COVID stuff, like that's kind of how you have to think about this. And I don't know if that was intentional on your end, but it's probably smart. Definitely intentional.
1: The the, the fact, yeah, the fact that they already had some going through with, uh, like the fact that there was running backs with COVID, like the the odds of them having another breakout the next week isn't worse. It's certainly better. So uh, I don't know that. I don't know that they'll play this game. They're up to like ten now. I hope they make them play this game. Eleven and 0 Steelers. Let's go Pittsburgh. I, but uh, It's I it's a push that.
2: I think they will play the Dallas game just because the history of the league. Like Joe Von Belcher shot himself the day before the Chiefs Panthers game in two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve, and they played the game through. Like these things. The NFL is like
1: Dallas on Thanksgiving. I think they'll play. It's Dallas yeah, on yeah. Thanksgiving. The other one doesn't they, have, you're right, it doesn't have the tradition of Dallas and Detroit. It'll be interesting, but uh, they well, don't have any more the, bye weeks to fill these games in.
2: Right. It's the one week a year, or sorry, the, the two weeks a year where NBC has two games. Um, and so that's tricky as far as broadcasting rights and stuff, too. If yeah. they were to move Baltimore, Pittsburgh to, let's say, Sunday or Monday, um, that that the the logistics there are not great, right? For the league, for NBC in the league, so yeah. there's a ton of incentive for them to play. Like whether it's moral or not is another story.
0: <laughs> just to just to your point, Eric, about COVID and and how people really approach betting and and Andy, it could be a case here with the the Ravens. Is it is it something generally speaking? I guess you could take two approaches. You could be a little bit more tentative and kind of worry about getting involved or you could take the approach where you attack the market and look for those those gains to be had and really kind of get more aggressive with your betting how have you two kind of dealt with that are you on either side of that
1: i did i did joke around a little but i mean what i i meant when i said the fact that they had running backs out last week like you're seeing this where you're having this issue from week to week with some of these teams and I would have thought you know this is more of a Vegas thing or a team who can't seem to get a grip on this you know this is a well-coached well-managed team so it's a little surprising that it is Baltimore but still it's a it's it's a virus it's hard to control I guess if if you don't know and you have some somebody spreading it who's asymptomatic and it can spiral out like this and I guess truly I, I and if none of this had happened I still would have bet this three like yeah. the the fact that they, they're just not the same team as what they played when these two teams met, you know, a month ago. The the injuries on the offensive line are making a big difference. I think Lamar's still not hundred percent. And uh I think Williams was trending in. Campbell was out anyway, but the, the defensive line injuries have been bad too. They've a multiple I think, cluster injury team. I
2: think for me too, another place to look, and again, this is anecdotally like I you know, we have a model and, and when defensive players are out that, you know, we, we take them out and there are effects there. Um, for me, I would say in addition to just like modeling, if you want a secondary handicap, I think a lot of it is, okay, defense doesn't matter as much this year because it requires, you know, you to hit uh, flush and that's never going to happen anymore, you know, and, or bad defenses can have good games because offensive line play is largely fragile. Right. And if a team, all of a sudden it loses a bunch of offensive linemen. You can take it – a bad defense can take advantage of that. So there are a number of things. Like I think your models become more quarterback-based in a year like this. A, a secondary thing, though, is, you know, I think one of the things that folks in the league are worried about is teams that are out of it not adhering to the pro- – like that. that's really like the – you know, the one thing that people are praying for right now are teams like the Jets and teams like the Bengals and, and, and Chargers and those teams taking the next month seriously, right? Because there's really not a huge incentive for them to do so. In fact, if they forfeit games, then then they get closer to you know to Trevor Lawrence, right? So there's a there there's a, a difficulty here. Now with, with respect to the Ravens, it might be the case that a team that's not meeting their own expectations lapses a little bit on, on protocols and stuff like that. Um, that, that has to, you know, whereas a team like Pittsburgh, who is seeing the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, there might be better, better at adhering to the protocols might be more focused, That that, those are anecdotes that I have to test, but I, I those are things that pop into my mind.
0: Yeah, and it's just kind of interesting to think about it. Here we are, sort of week 12 of the season, talking about it. I'm sure there, there are very sharp guys out there that, that before the season started, this was part of their process and what they were thinking about in terms of looking at the markets. Yeah. But it may well still be around for for a while yet anyway. Um, but we'll, we'll get on to our next game. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Raiders have got to the three after being put up at minus two and a half. The total's pretty big I guess 56 if anything it, it looks like it's going to come down um that's sort of judging by the the early part of the week the Raiders I mean they they did you over against the Chiefs Eric as you said they they put up a, a decent enough fight the late scorer I think the the consensus seems to be that it that it always looked likely um the the Falcons meanwhile they were pretty poor against the Saints they they've been pretty poor all season you can see why the Raiders make sense maybe at minus three, but it, it could be a case again of, of people overreacting as we we see sort of week to week. Is it one where the total maybe makes more sense, or do you think that the Raiders could offer value here, Eric?
2: I, I can't lay it with the Raiders. <laughs> you know, I just, um, <clears throat> at the same time, um, the Falcons' offense was probably the worst. I don't think any unit in the NFL performed more poorly than Atlanta's offense did a week ago um, their defense has a lot of the same difficulties that the Chiefs defense has so I do think the Raiders match up well there um, but uh, you know I, I'm choosing not to overreact I don't I, I don't like either side of this game I think our number is about 2.4 so it's not it's not really the value there um, so I, I'm off this game I don't I don't think I can bet it
1: I'm pretty much on market with this one too and yeah I Matt Ryan was broken on Sunday just, I'm not sh- I have no idea what was going on. I didn't catch a lot of that game I was just catching highlights but then you go look at the stats and I saw some replays I just don't understand if it was all on Matt Ryan or if it was some of the scheme the game plan they were off a buy like the the fact that they looked like that again it it's it's not like it was a super easy opponent but Still, they have some weapons. I just don't understand what's wrong with that offense. If there ever was a get-right game, maybe it's against one of the worst defenses in the league, but laying points laying points here on the road with a, a, a really porous defense doesn't feel good, especially kind of coming off a crushing loss. I don't know how much you can put into that as far as the narrative and then the West Coast team playing early. A big total like this, if you want Atlanta, I guess, just take them straight up. I don't think I if I really thought the Raiders were in a letdown spot and I wanted to get Matt Ryan in a bounce back I'd be taking Atlanta money line but yeah this total this total's probably right this this could get this total could get blasted too both of yeah. these defenses can be beaten
2: yeah the problem is is I think both teams in their in their natural environment want to run the football right and like the, the I I was on the one bet I did lose last week was and I took this when it was Jameis, but I liked it even more when it was Taysom Hill was Atlanta plus five. Um, And the most disheartening, this is when I knew the bet was over Atlanta got a stop, but around midfield and the saints punted, you know, Atlanta got the ball basically at their own 10 yard line. And they responded being down eight, having a chance to tie the football game by running the ball twice to Todd Gurley on early downs and then taking a sack and punting. And, I Atlanta has all season never not wanted to engage in these big scoring affairs um, and, and instead trying to justify the Todd Gurley signing that will probably get me off this over here
0: is it me or do, do, do the the totals i mean you say the the defense is here and it could easily get blasted but are we seeing a point where people do sort of second guess totals now and they they do look a little bit on the high side or are you still leaning more towards the overs as the the season's gone on
1: it just takes uh, some bad variance in the red zone in like one quarter and you're you're kind of struggling to get to 56 yeah. points
2: right that's the thing like i like i had over in I had over last night's game. I had over in the Houston game. Now that game played over, I thought. And like you said, Andy, even a total like 49, a couple bad red zone appearances or one team getting out ahead by two scores and sort of, you know, pumping the brakes at the end of the game, like 56. I mean, that's a, that's a bomb, right? (laughs) Like, you know, like we had one, you guys talked about this on your show, Andy, the uh Josh Allen and the Bills at Arizona, both teams scored on every possession of the first half, and it was still not on pace to go over because oh, the total it was like is 56. Seven
1: field goals or something. Yeah, that's exactly. You,
2: you kick field goals and the, the Falcons aren't a cinch to make their field goals either. Um and, and so, you know, all of that is a problem. Even the game, like it, it just takes good variant. It takes it, a, a total that's fifty six or more is just not a slam dunk. I don't know like Rob Pizzola, who I know you guys both know. It's hard to bet an under in the NFL nowadays, um, but some of these overs don't have a shot after quarter one.
0: All right, well, we'll we'll get onto the Arizona Cardinals at the Patriots. Three points on the Cardinals here, and, and forty-eight on the total. Mm-hmm. This one betters that they were keen to to take the the over early on in this one. I think the Patriots have got to be like the most up and down team this season out of it now I'm not going to make the playoffs i'm not really sure what what we can expect for the rest of the season obviously the, the cardinals have still got something to play for um murray was was in the the conversation for mvp for all of a week i think i mean he's <laughs> like 35 <laughs> minutes or so yeah. he's playing well he's he's obviously not at that level yet i guess the question is is he <clears throat> is he good enough to get the cardinals a cover here Andy? Do you think
1: I, I haven't got a lot of updates on the shoulder issue and maybe Eric can speak to that, but he looked okay even after dinging up that shoulder a little but that's something that could swell up throughout the week if it's like an AC joint sprain uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see some actual foot I want to see footage of him throwing the ball in practice to feel good.
0: yeah but this uh, is uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one same... off the board. Yeah, it is off the board at the moment.
1: There's some goofy, oh, it's, That's probably for Rex Burkhead though. He tore his ACL. I'm guessing that's why they pulled that down. All right, R.I.P. the best running back in New England. There, um, they had an ugly game. They just couldn't stop Deshaun. They were they were actually moving the ball at times, but that team has kind of lost all the identities it's had over the past couple of years where we have good coverage unit. We can stop good quarterbacks or, you know, we're able to do whatever we need to do on offense to just get it done. They just, they don't have Tom anymore. And they haven't quite figured out exactly how Cam fits in at times. He's a good at times. He's a horrible at times. Um, Not interested in laying the points on the road with a possibly hurt inconsistent at time quarterback. But again, I'm not getting in bed with the, Cam Newton show right now. I'd actually lean towards this under a little like uh, Arizona at times can be inefficient on offense. If this keeps getting bet up, I might be the buyback later in the week as much as it sucks to bet an under.
2: And yeah, about I, you. I actually like new England here. Um, I think with Murray's injury that significantly reduce reduces some of his effectiveness, Uh, I think with, you know, Belichick, while they're not playing as well on defense, um, I think he does do a pretty good job of taking away, you know, the best option every team has and makes them play left-handed. And with Arizona, that option is pretty clear Uh, in DeAndre Hopkins. um, And I think Cam Newton's actually played really well over the past like four or five weeks. Um, And Arizona's defense, they got a a pop-up performance by Isaiah uh, Isaiah Simmons the other day. Um, but I don't think it's a good group. So give me new England here. Plus the three. I think, I think they're there's, they're still going to play hard. Um, given that they're still, in, I mean, they're, they're two games behind, uh, the Raiders and have a tiebreaker there. So I think that they can still sort of like talk themselves into, uh, you know, a possible playoff position.
0: All right. We'll, we'll move on to the, the big one, the, the game of the week, New York giants at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, minimal movement minimal interest i think the the giants are four and a half point favorites a a small drop on the total from 43 to 42 look it's it's the worst game on the slate isn't it it's it's probably one of the worst of the season burrow joe encouraging burrow now out finley coming in the giants on a buy that still in the hunt for the nfc east and and potentially some some value there for you guys I can't believe I'm going to say this, but is there is there value in the Giants at four and a half? Do you think, Eric? I'll go to you.
2: No, I like I like <laughs> Cincinnati here. Um, I don't know if I can get to betting it, and it looks like people like the Giants. The way that the numbers changing, um, so I'm probably I'm probably off this. Like you, you can't lay four and a half points with a quarterback who is as, is as is as disaster prone as Daniel Jones is. Um, Bengals have some parts that I think are okay. Um, Jesse Bates, for example, on defense is a, is good for a big play every single game. And, you know, while Ryan Finley is bad, he has decent support on the outside. Um, so I don't know, like this isn't, I, I can't rush to bet the giants here.
1: Yeah. I wanted to talk myself into betting the giants, but that's, uh, that's rough for me again with daniel jones like in the, in the trying to trick yourself into taking a position i've done a little bit of you know again with like garrett and how they how they've framed this offense the past few weeks it feels like they're trying to jones proof it a little where they're doing some things to take the the big gaffes out of it and running them a little more which is kind of nice he's actually a nice little runner Again, it's a lot of points on the road for a pretty bad team with some gaping holes in skill position players. But then, uh, I'm not getting involved in the Ryan Finley show. That could be no. the same thing where, like, all of a sudden Bradbury has two pick sixes and you're feeling pretty bad about having taking those points anyway. So Ryan, yeah, Finley is Finley is a replacement level or below. I don't I don't like getting involved too much in these where you have a, a player that. We, I mean, we have tape on them, but we haven't seen them play much this year. So no thanks on either either side for this one.
0: It, if that's a, a kind of general approach, and I think a lot of people will, will take the same strategy. Is Do you have like a, a number of games or, uh, or an, an amount of data that, that you can begin to look at that thinks, well, well, now I'm at my level where I can sort of reasonably assess this or, or actually look at the markets and maybe get involved and, and have a bet?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's kind of nice. There's like there's that second game, like the and it sucked for Luton because it didn't work out with the the Packers and obviously that line was massive. But sometimes if a guy like this has a decent first game, like there is a bet against spot in that second game where it's like, all right, now yeah. they've 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 seen this guy play. They they're actually gonna prep for this guy next week. And, you know, they, they have some film on them. They can, they can put a game plan together based on, well, here's what their game plan is using this backup quarterback. And you usually see these guys get harassed. In Luton's, I, I think that was the second game, was the Green Bay game, right? That was a weird one. where It was like, it was like a 14-point, 14 14-and-a-half-point 14 spread mm-hmm. yeah. on the road. And Green Bay really did play down. They probably could have played a lot better in that game. But I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on Finley, and it might be a bet against... I hopefully I hope he has a good game against the Giants because that could be a spot to use down the road if the market overadjusts to like oh this kid isn't bad yeah go look at where Luton is now. <laughs> it's horrible. Is
0: there an Eric for you? Is there what's kind of the line between? I mean, you can you can make observations, you can't really make conclusions. What sort of what numbers or, or sample size do you begin to look at before it, it actually becomes meaningful?
2: Well, I think I mean you could probably know a decent amount about a quarterback and a hundred or so drop backs. It's just, you know, sort of how how confident are you in the air, you know, that the possible errors for other things like defense, I'm probably not going to be confident at all, even all the way until the end of the season, just because there's so much variability there. There's so many things that can knock it off of its course. So I think it really does depend upon the the, sort of variable you're measuring.
0: Right. So now we've got, is it the, I think Browns and it's, it's Miles Garrett, I think on the COVID list is, is probably the reason there. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were, I think they were up near a touchdown, six and a half. Um, obviously it's off the board now. Is it, is it something you're, you're interested in at the early numbers or is it one where you now wait, wait for it to come back and see where it's at?
1: Boy mayfield's not good man they were <laughs> what was it it was 12 to 7 and essentially it was 7 to 3 like nine of those points were from the cleveland defense i mean i don't think i bet cleveland and i'm comfortable saying mayfield was bad that cleveland brown's offense was bad i'm not sure what they were doing it was just like carson Wentz gave you a game like, yeah, have it. Have it. I'm going to be horrible. I'm going to take a safety. I'm going to throw a hilarious pick six. Like Cleveland's not a good team. They're 7 and 3 with a negative point differential, and their best pass rushers out again. Although, uh, what is it? Claiborne? Claiborne? I'm trying to think of the guy who stepped up. Somebody had a couple sacks. Claypool. Claiborne. Boy, it's going to. Oh, it. Adrian I think, Claiborne. Adrian Claiborne. Yeah. I, don't know, I couldn't think of his name. He had a couple sacks. It's nice to see a guy step up, but against it's against Philly that line and a quarterback who's i mean we had this we had this problem with you Ben when your daylight savings time is different than ours here in America like Wince's daylight savings time is somewhere else cuz his his like internal clock is off he's <laughs> lost back there he's holding the ball for weird periods of time taking awful hits and fumbling it again so um the Browns I don't know if I can even upgrade them off that win so it's it's a lot of points to lay but Jacksonville might just be that bad with Luton I, I don't know if I'll get involved in this but if I did have to bet this I'd be looking for hopefully someone can offer me a six on this and back the Browns again and just pray that the other team gives them a win
0: yeah I mean, they're going to have a chance on both sides of the ball aren't they. The Jacksonville aren't going to trouble them when they've got it and and they're going to be scored on pretty easy to Andy's point Eric then how how bad is is Mayfield is it, I mean it's been pretty much season long what, what what do you make of him and where he's at now?
2: He his ups are good like last week he almost led the I mean he was second in the league I think in big time throws. Uh he's at like a 5.5% there. They have a positive EPA when they pass the ball, um, but he has a 31.3 passer rating when under pressure. So there's clearly, like, leaks there in his game. Um, This might not be the game. I mean, Jake Luton's passer rating when under pressure this year is 2.8. Not, like, yards per attempt, but 2.8 passer rating. Um, You know, 39.3, I believe, is what it is. you just spike the ball every time. 7% of his throws are turnover worthy. Um, you know, so this is one where it's tough to lay this many points on the road. It's probably it's Cleveland's what first normal weather game uh, in quite some time. So you know, some of our data on them is a little bit noisy. Uh, so I, I'm probably just off this game altogether, just because there's a there's a number of uncertainties here. Again, starting with Garrett being on reserve reserve COVID.
1: Yeah, that's
0: not great. I also like I just naturally call him Juice Luton now. Just don't even yeah. think about it um so what do we have we got next it's is the panthers at the vikings this one i don't have any info from on on pinnacle i don't think it i'm not sure whether it actually got up and anything was listed i don't know if you guys were were on any early numbers for this one but but what do you make of it
1: it's quarterback uh quarterback down there too with teddy teddy was available as a backup but they just didn't want to play him. So I'm assuming he'll probably go. I'm guessing that's why it's off. And then with Thielen COVIDed out, um, maybe that's part of the reason. But I think that's confirmed. Like He's out. He's not playing, right?
2: I think think he actually tested positive for COVID. So I think they are 10 days before, uh, unless they find this to be a a false positive. But, yeah, I mean, both of these teams average the same amount of expected points per pass. Um, the difference is, is the Panthers are a lot better coached than the Vikings. Um, and you know, the Vikings over the last few games have decided that they're going to try to make Dalvin cook the MVP and they've gone one and one against two teams whose record is what eight and, uh, 12 or yeah eight and 13, something like that. So, um, I would lean Panthers. I see, I've seen it at four. Um, I don't know, Andy Vikings fan, like there's no way Teddy doesn't beat the Vikings. Is there?
1: no this is carolina money line or nothing like they their defense is bad and minnesota will probably move the ball but minnesota's defense is super susceptible on the outside they have they have really good receivers as well here and if teddy plays they'll move they move the ball with pj walker they'll move the ball with teddy on this defense like this total is low Even with Thielen out, that's a good point. I think this total is low, and I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a couple things. But if I have any indication that Bridgewater plays, like 48 and a half, should be steamed to 51 in a hurry.
2: Yeah, the only reason that the total would be this way is because both teams, the Panthers though have have done when they don't think that the other team is better than them, they do they don't play the like low possession game, right? They they. And I don't think that they, they can't be looking to Minnesota and thinking, Oh, this team's definitively better than us. Right. They no, have the same amount indoors. of wins. Yeah. So, and Joe Brady, like I, I, you know, I hate to be a hater on the Vikings, but like the Joe Brady is way better than anything. The Vikings have on their staff. Right. And they'll, they'll find a way to exploit some of the, the weaknesses the Vikings have on the, on the, in the secondary, the way that some of these teams like Detroit couldn't and, and you know, Chicago couldn't, I think, I think, Carolina will and and you know they I mean this is a team that took Kansas City down to the wire like what about what are we gonna you know what what does Minnesota really have yeah
1: no and in Minnesota will be able to move the ball even with you know out ceiling on this defense But they might they might lose this game in a high scoring you know just similar to the Cowboys game where it's like oh we can't stop anything they're doing so um, I'm probably looking at this over i'm now i'm checking if this is up anywhere <laughs> because, like i've kind of forgotten about this game with some of the i've been really dialed in on having three thursdays games it's really screwed with my process for the week
0: and well we've got next we've got one that is on the board and we've got some numbers to work with It's the the titans at the colts another one where it's it's really the total that's in the the most early action 49 and a half up to 50 and a half that the sides on its opening market at minus three minus three and a half sorry um big comeback win for the the colts against green bay the titans bounce back from the the poor game against the colts they had felt like was it two three weeks ago um with that that win against baltimore the colts got an easy win in the one last time around is it just same again at minus three do you think how do the how do the titans go about covering this one eric
2: well the titans cover this one by throwing the ball in early downs and And hopefully, feeling empowered by you know getting behind against uh, the Ravens by multiple scores, turning around, throwing the ball to Corey Davis, he had over 100 yards in that game, and uh, AJ Brown was an absolute monster on the game, tying touchdown or the go ahead touchdown. They ended up having to go back to overtime. Um, You know, the Colts are a team; they use every, they they squeeze all of the juice out of the orange. Like they go for every fourth down, they go for. Um, you know, they, they, their basic strategy is almost perfect. So if you're Tennessee, like, and you don't look back at the game on two Thursdays ago and say, why did we lose? Well, we lost because we were horrible on special teams and we punted when, when Indianapolis went for it and we ran the ball too much on early downs. If you don't correct it, I, I think if they correct those things, they're a better team, uh, especially on offense than the Colts. Um, and that's why I think I'll take plus three and a half. But this is one where I'm certainly coaching the bet a little bit, thinking that if the, tit- the Titans do X, Y, and Z, this is a great bet, knowing full well that they could do, you know, uh, A, B, and C.
1: Yeah, the market didn't like the opener last time, certainly, in Tennessee. I believe it crossed zero. Tennessee ended up closing Slightly as favored. a dog. Yeah, slight favor. It wasn't like a massive move, but indie money the whole time. Where this open this time is probably about perfect. Uh, again, I've talked about this. I looked at that box score because I missed the second half of that game doing something, and I thought, oh, fluky, you know, blocked punt return, 17-yard punt. But then I looked back more at that first half, and Indy really left points on the field in the yep. first half. Like, they should have scored a lot more points after some really dead drives. Indy should have been leading at half and shouldn't have had to have a, a massive second half. So, I um, I have this right on market. I'm not interested in either side here. Um, Tennessee, yeah, if they're able to... They, Tennessee has a, co- a smart coaching staff, I think. If they're able to correct some of the mistakes here, this should be a very close game. If, yeah, if I had to bet it, I'd probably take the points, but I will be staying away from this one, and I don't really have any futures involved in these teams either. I'm not even sure I'm cheering for someone. I'll just be uh, cheering for... I'll go check if I have some fantasy players, I guess. And yeah, A.J. Brown, geez, when he when he caught that ball... That was like like if you could set a probability on him scoring at that second when he got his hands on the ball it was very very low i have no idea what happened there where they just like everybody couldn't tackle him he just kept just like he was walking through people like i'm going this way you guys come with me if you want and he just Mm -hmm. marched into the end zone he's he's a man so
0: yeah we um, you kind of mentioned there about kind of how how some teams approach the game and play a little smarter than others. That there, there always seems to be that point you get in a season where you you talk about analytically minded coaches and the impact that might have. And I think Eric, it was Kevin Cole from from you guys that was actually on Rufus's podcast talking about this as well. Is that obviously it comes into play when you're profiling teams and pre match and stuff like that? Do you look to that in terms of live betting as well, or is it something that's just so many unique situations and things that can impact itself is, is it kind of not really too important in that respect?
2: Oh, it's important. I mean, like last night, I don't know, we were talking. Yeah. uh, Andy, we're just like, you're, the Rams are going to go into a shell here, right? If they get ahead, uh, then, you know, maybe the, the under live is, is a, is a thing, but, but even, you know, I think that probably the most, the most impactful place you could probably bet it is, if you look at like the, the decreasing value of key numbers, I mean, when a team like the Colts is willing to go for two when they're down eight in a game, that's going to significantly reduce the value of a seven uh, when a team, you know, is less likely to kick field goals or, you know, a team, you know, just two point usage is a big deal. Right. And, and it sort of makes, you know, like we saw the Philadelphia Eagles, I think it was two weeks ago, go for two when they were down four. Um, that that's almost never seen before. Right. And so when you, when you think about when you're handicapping Philadelphia, Indianapolis, um, games, um, Cleveland, probably another one as well. Uh, the, the key numbers are no longer as valuable. And I, you know, there, there's a percent or two that you're going to lose. Um, I don't know about live betting. I would say, you know, a team that's probably more likely to go for it more often is probably going to induce more points because, you know the go for it situations are now pretty clear for most teams in between the 40s but like a team like the colts might go for it at their own 30 which is going to impact you know like if they miss it the other team's going to score at least a field goal uh you know and if they go for it then they'll probably score themselves so there there's there, there's a little bit to it but I don't I haven't put it really in a model yet all
0: right
1: that is a that's a whole can of worms
0: man <laughs> <laughs> i'll get us on to uh, another game what we what we've got next on the board is it uh la Chargers at the bills repeating myself a bit but it, it looks like again it's the total that's that's interesting early bettors uh 51 and a half up to 53 and a half it's it's minus five and a half um on buffalo on the side the Chargers don't look great. I guess Herbert's kind of exciting to watch. There's there's an obvious jump up from the the Jets to the Bills. They're they're also coming off a buy, pushing the six. It it does look pretty stable. Andy, is it is it one outside of the Thursday games that you are interested in yet?
1: Yeah, one of your chucklehead competitors opened to fifty on this on Sunday, <laughs> and you know, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That was fifty-one within a very short time and then we've seen where that gone so and even even anyone opened a little later at the 51 and a half or i mean apparently there's someone who opened a 49 and a half according to one of the screens which i can't imagine that was there very long either but yeah this total got bet up buffalo's defense continues to force them into being an over team and they're a team that i love from behind like they are fully willing to just abandon the run at times and turn into a really good passing team like buffalo from behind is you talk about live betting um it's funny the two teams that i love this the most for met the one week when buffalo and seattle played seattle down 14 nothing that was just hitting live overs when everywhere that would let you and it's it's the same kind of thing with buffalo where if they are behind I'd, i'd love to see them behind for this over they're not a team they're not a team i'm worried about at all coming back and their defense is still bad enough that they'll continue to let the other team move the ball so hopefully uh just hopefully herbert's up for the challenge and he's looked he's looked good this year he's he's more than encouraging i think eric
2: yeah he's yeah he's great um uh and the chargers as we found out last week against the spread even are the ultimate slump buster right so you know you can uh you know, you could be assured if Buffalo gets behind in this game, the Chargers are going to blow the lead uh, enough for the total to go over for sure.
0: Right, so yeah, we've got – I like that. I
1: don't <laughs> think I can – I wouldn't bet the side. It's a little too much. My numbers probably don't make Buffalo that much of a favorite. I'd lean Chargers, but I wouldn't be betting that. The
2: Chargers are an example of a team whose coaching will cause me not to bet them. If that's, I a good, that's a them
1: very back. good way to put that. <laughs>
0: Um, the next one we've got is the the Dolphins at the Jets and is this one Tua I saw that he he came out of the game I don't know what the the current situation is there but I give there's this kind of more info coming out of it but what is the the latest on this from you guys and and again is there is there early numbers that have been taken from me this
1: one hasn't moved a whole lot it looks like maybe a little to the under it is it is going to be Tua and, but they're not going to be afraid to yank him if he's ineffective. That's, uh, that was a tough scene. People, I thought maybe he was injured. He maybe got his ankle hit a little, but Flores came out and said, I'm going to do what gives us the chance to win. I like him as a coach. Um, this is a lot to lay on the road for a young quarterback like that. Up north, in the cold, swirling winds of the Meadowlands. Uh, my number makes it big enough where I says I should, but I'll have to be looking into a few things on this um the Jets I feel like the Jets had one more injury besides Perrine as well um was it the center that got or no George Fant was injured I don't know the extent of that so just more injuries for the Jets if I had to bet this it would be Miami favorite under that's always a fun combo but like Miami 26 nothing doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility
0: their, offense, you, their
1: offense looked a little a little peak at times so against a good game plan
2: yeah I, look i the the jets with their three receivers healthy are pretty are not the worst offense i've ever seen in the world um and you know i think the only side here is the jets i there, there's not a whole lot else to say other than you know uh laying 7 with a rookie quarterback on the road is is a tough proposition in to the nfl
0: yeah, and I'm sure if we uh, if we had another square down the bottom left there, I'm sure he'd be he'd be saying the same with the Jets as well. Um, what have we got for our next game? We have got the the Saints at the Broncos, um, and this one is on um, a two point drop off the total forty six down to forty four. The Saints are minus five and a half, five and a half point favorites big surprise or a big talking point from week 11 the the non-decision that was a decision and saints going with hill instead of jamis pretty decent game um eric what did you make of it from sort of a a quarterback analysis point of view look
2: taysom hill played well It was it was weird i mean like the his his throw to sanders the two throws to sanders were awful and and if there's a defense that like the, it sort of reminded me of growing up in Minnesota, Andy, of like you know Kenny Wright and and like Jimmy Hitchcock trying to like like cover people downfield. Like the the it was awful. But on the other plays where he was running play action and throwing to his left to Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas was getting open. Taysom was hitting him, so that you you know it wasn't it wasn't Tebow like it certainly wasn't. Um, and if he can continue to perform that way. Um, they're going to be a difficult out. Um, I I worry sometimes about whether that's repeatable. Uh, you know, Denver, as we talked about last week on the show, one remaining home field advantage probably left in the NFL um, with the altitude and, and you know, the weather and things like that. So um, I, I don't think I can get on either side here. Maybe if I get Denver up to six, uh, I, I'll, I, I'll take it. But um, But right now I think – I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, halt Taysom Hill slander for at least a week.
1: Yeah, my my unadjusted for Hill numbers make this New Orleans minus seven. But again, uh, not giving any bonus for like late season cold weather, altitude, home field advantage, and Denver played up a little last week. And like I said earlier in the earlier in the show there maybe now that we've seen we've never really seen what Taysom hill looks like as a quarterback it's like he's a tight end he's a gadget player when he comes in he's often just running the ball like we don't have i don't know how you prepare for that that had to be a nightmare for the defensive coordinator to try to come up with a game plan whereas now we saw what's going on and we've got a defensive-minded head coach slash defensive-minded team again with uh, i don't know if drew Locke can do much but i wouldn't be surprised if denver was able to make him look more tebow-esque than he did last week with a week to prepare seeing what what new orleans is actually putting out there with him as the featured quarterback so it would probably be denver or nothing for me here
0: and I mean it's a good point, yeah, Eric. Probably how, much, the under,
1: man. Jeez. <laughs>
0: how much do you think it was sort of that that element of the unknown or or the surprise where you just can't plan for it? Right. And
2: given the opponent the Falcons, who are often, you know, unprepared, uh, I can see that being a deal. Also, there was some noise inherent in there. I mean, Hill's passer rating when under pressure this season is one eighteen point eight. Um, you know, he has twice as many big turnover worthy plays as big time throws. Like there are things like he threw an interception in the red zone that got dropped and resulted in a field goal early in the game. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those wait and see things. Obviously it was encouraging, as I said before, that he didn't completely uh, play poorly. Um, but, you know, the last quarterback in such a situation went into Denver last week and got benched. So uh you know, I, I I don't know if I can take less than a touchdown with Locke, but I think it's probably the right side.
0: Okay, well on we go to the the San Francisco 49ers at the LA Rams. Minus seven and a half on the Rams here, 45 and a half point total. This one we had sort of early season, I think it was. The the Rams headed into that and the favorites, but they were they were definitely shorter than the minus seven and a half. The 49ers have been pretty poor since then and I think they had a, a big win at the Patriots the week after, but the Rams have obviously been a little bit better than that. Two teams that have I mean, they've dropped away since Super Bowl losses. Not sure what we can can read into that, but we're talking about this season, this game. Is there any value in the current prices, you think, Andy?
1: Rams defense is my best defense right now i don't know where dr eric ranks them but they are up there and they're getting pressure from multiple spots in that front now they have an actual shutdown corner at times and they have a lot of good pieces and a decent game plan they're putting together they played a really tough offense how how do you cover all those guys i mean those are like multiple all pro receivers an all world hall of fame tight end that's coming back into uh, he looked terrible gronk looked terrible when he first came back now all of a sudden it's looking like that's a huge guy going across the middle Who's just gonna gobble up stuff in the seam? Like they did an admirable job, I thought, and really they had to do more than they should have with uh, golf, golfing late and the game, and some of the things McVay decided to do on offense. Like they could have held the ball a lot longer on offense and not had to deal with Brady and those receivers. So I I don't think I can give any sort of downgrade just because they gave up that amount of points to a really good offense. The Rams defense. This is a I think this is another nice matchup for them. Although, for some reason, and I spoke with somebody about this yesterday, um, uh, Pete Carroll can't figure out Sean McVeigh, but Sean McVeigh can't figure out Kyle Shanahan. And it's this weird love triangle. Yeah, yeah. These coaches. <laughs> there is something about <laughs> The rock, paper, them. scissors
2: uh, it's, di- it's diagram.
1: very, very rock, paper, scissors. So if there ever was a time, McVeigh, you need this win because the division is – in the balance here they could absolutely win this division uh, my numbers have them being the favorite for the division out of the two just based on how i power rate the rest of the games i actually might look at some futures if they'd lost last night i would have definitely looked at some futures but the way the whole the tiebreakers are held too i like the rams so i'm, I'm not super interested in laying a seven if if there's some seven and a half laying about later in the week it might be a teaser leg for me
2: I I'm forced to take San Francisco here plus seven and a half Rams short weeks, San Francisco by, as you said, with, uh, you know, Shanahan, I think there's a a, amount of pride there that is, you know, that's necessary. They've also won too many games to really be in the running for one of the truly elite quarterbacks in the draft. Um, And they're, they're getting a little bit healthier. Obviously the last time, one of the last times you saw them play, the, you had the COVID situation with Green Bay. Um, and the other thing is, like, I, I agree with you. The Rams have been one of the most impressive teams in the league. They're wide receivers. I think Robert Woods is a top 10 guy in the league. I think Cup is also terrific. Um, they move Ramsey around to make it really hard on the opposing offense. He essentially makes every player on that defense better by playing the hardest spot on the field all the time. Um, but seven and a half is too many on the road uh, in, in – You know, whether, you know, Santa Clara, you know, might be, you know, there might be issues there as well. Like, uh, I think this is more closely contested uh, than we think.
0: I'm just surprised to learn that you're you're ranking the Rams above this season's big love, Andy, in the the Steelers.
1: Oh, yeah. No, this – the Steelers' defense is still very good, but the Rams have been – have been some – maybe – maybe it's one and one a because i do love everything about the rams defense ben eric's a big Ben, big ben guy
0: all right well <laughs> let's uh let's get let's go on to our next game and we have got uh it's the the chiefs at the the tampa bay buccaneers minus three on the Chiefs. one of those ones with the the big total at 55 and a half chiefs are obviously winning plenty there's there's a few where they they haven't quite covered and I don't know whether that's sort of approach to the game or, or what's quite going wrong there, but they're they're not blowing away some teams that maybe they should. Um, it's one here where it's, uh, it's I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's where do the where do the Chiefs go from here? Do they do they play out and uh, keep it as a tight game, or is it one where they can just run away with it?
1: Tampa think- straight up, right?
2: Yeah, the, t- the Bucks have been kind of found out a little bit on defense. Devin White and Sean Murphy Bunting, when you look at teams throwing in their coverage, they've attempted 117 passes there and completed 100 of them um, for over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Like, teams that are, like, diverse enough and sort of find those mismatches, I think, can really exploit them. And last night's game, I tweeted this out before, I thought that the Rams didn't match up very well against Tampa Bay because they were without their offensive line. Um, you know, they were. You know, golf is you know pretty bad under pressure, and they completely mitigated it by simply just throwing quick game, which they have not done uh, the majority of their time. Uh, you know, under McVay. So, um, if it's a, if it's that easy to exploit for McVay, who's pretty good but not nearly as good as Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid will find a way to exploit it himself
1: yeah um the over might be the look again it's one of those big big numbers but at the same time w- w- i know a guy who plays punt props in a lot of these primetime games yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so i kind of just because he posts it so much i kind of get a feel for what they're gonna be like whatever it is it's gonna be too high like you can set it at six and a half it'll be too high there's I, i'm not sure where this one will be but yeah this this uh, this offense played admirably. Is like I just said in the inverse, the the Rams defense is very good. The Chiefs defense is not. Like that they, they got carved up by the Raiders. They were the last team that had the ball. I guess technically the Raiders did get the ball back and threw that pick, but. Like Kansas City's defense is not something I'm excited about right now, and like you said, there's a you called a leak. There's a weak spot. There's a there's a big old hole in the armor in a couple of the spots in that defensive secondary for Tampa Bay, and Andy Reid is the kind of if we know about it, Andy Reid knows about it two weeks ago. Like they're gonna they're gonna pick on those guys. Bunting's gonna give up, God knows what to reek, and they're gonna score their points. So. As much as I hate just saying bet the late number, this total's already ticked up. Like there's some 55s and a halfs. Like th- this total might get crushed again. Uh, t- although Kansas City's drives have been a little more methodical of late.
2: They're they the, the thing that kept them from covering. I think on Sunday night was their field position was just atrocious. Yeah. They basically had to cross the street a hundred times to get to the end zone each time, and you know for the most part they did. But um, their defense, yeah, I. I think their defense does match up worse with some of these teams that have more explosive players than maybe a more methodical team like Tampa. Though I will say, like that's that's kind of been they they've struggled with those types of offenses of late. Yeah,
0: right. We've got a uh, we've got one this another one that's off the board. The Bears at the Packers. I think the the Packers were over a touchdown favorites for this is it off the board because Trubisky may be coming back I guess I'm I'm not sure about this one but again is is it one where you got in early or is it is it one where you need to wait for for all the information to come in before you uh before you make your play
1: yeah this might not be on the board for a while if they can't decide what they're doing here at at quarterback I'm I'm almost assuming it's for sure it's that I don't know if they have who else they have on the roster for a quarterback? Tyler
2: Bray, the former Bray, chief
1: Bray, and then I think Slaughter is on the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, so the Vikings that uh, Slaughterhouse no, Five. Like I would take <laughs> there straight up.
2: No, notoriously loudmouth Twitter uh, Slaughter would uh, go around liking tweets that I would have that said he's not going to make the team, and then he didn't make the team.
1: Yeah, um, he was the greatest preseason quarterback. He was. He the was history like the.
2: League. He was a money maker in preseason DFS and, and betting for sure. But when I look at this game, like the Packers, I said last week are too soft. I think in some ways um, to really be a contender in the NFL, I think the Bears on the defensive side of the ball still are playing, you know, very proud football, um, and the Packers are you know going to give up run. My. I kind of think the under, whenever, like, if, if they show anything near 50, I'm going under in this game. I, I don't know actually what it will end up being. Um, but I think I think both of these teams are kind of in a, in a position where they'll move the ball to, like, the middle of the field and punt a lot. So I just have 45 before they took it down. Yeah,
1: that's um, probably where I, it needs to be. That I, probably I'm is a decent
2: you. number. Because because I, I think the Bears will play a tough game, even against a decent Packers offense. I think the Packers' defense is soft enough. Where the Bears, as bad as they are, will will have some success. So, um, but not enough success to score points. Just enough success to move it, not go three and out every time, like they did against Minnesota. Um, so this is a weird one.
1: Yeah, if you're and if you're looking at it too, the Bears' team totals gonna to be like seventeen. That could be an underplay. <laughs> like yeah, it's Jeez. it's it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a, well what do you got 22 and a half minus like so like nineteen. Uh, do they get to nineteen? Like no. Bears, Bears team total under might be a look there. That that might come up tonight. Without because, scoring a
2: defensive touchdown, I feel like there's a zero percent chance.
1: Yeah, especially if it's if it's a banged up Trubisky, uh, a horrible Foles, or God forsake Tyler Bray or Kyle Slaughter. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> this offense is not going to work. Green Bay's defense hoping- is is not great, but it it can stop. Uh, Nagy will just stop this offense on its own like that's what happens he's the best defense for it
0: I just hope he uh, he plays so Eric can tweet him and slate him and see what happens slaughter <laughs> um, right our last game on the board and, and thankfully the, the numbers are up it's the, the Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles um, it's, a, it's a drop from 6 on the Seahawks to, to minus 5 totals dropped as well 53 down to 51 I think this one that the Seahawks were great. Russell Wilson was incredible. Super Bowl MVP. They couldn't be beaten, and then obviously the the inevitable poor run of games. They did bounce back against the owner and a decent enough Wilson performance. As much as it could be this one, the Seahawks playing well. I think plenty of people looking at this number might might be basing their their decisions on how poor Philadelphia can be. I know we've talked about the divisional stuff at length. In terms of this game, are are Philadelphia bad enough to, to take the Seahawks at the the minus five here for either of you guys? Uh,
2: what do you? Th- I, it's too many for me, honestly. With that te- with with that team, I make, um, yeah,
1: I make it like six, but I, there's not like a huge value here taking up. a road team in a goofy spot, extra rest, lots and lots of extra rest, I guess, for Seattle. Is that thir- Thursday to double like Thursday to Monday? Was that yeah. correct on that? Yeah. So you got you got a big rest spot. Philly That's coming so off weird. a the, ugly rain game, really and and the schedule is weird. But then it also got moved around a little on some of these teams when we ended up with some of the goofiness. So, oh, man, Seattle. The in you know in the game against the Cardinals, like Wilson took care of the ball. He was good under pressure and they they didn't like force the issue of like we have to just be this offensive juggernaut they just they did it just enough to to keep up on the scoreboard without screwing it up because wilson had a rough stretch of like 3 weeks where he was throwing i think 3 out of 4 weeks he threw multiple picks and the defense as bad as it is they kept kyler in check and i think carlos dunlap made a difference Yeah, and that might that might be the the reason to lay the points on the road is just with wince under pressure if they can get any sort of pressure he's liable to turn the ball over probably yeah that, like one and a half times a game a short field position with seattle all of a sudden you're you're staring down the barrel of a double digit deficit pretty quick
2: Wentz's quarterback rating of 83.2 from a clean pocket 83.2 without any pressure would be bad in the 90s let alone now um <laughs> He has a pass rating of forty nine point one when under pressure, uh, which is awful as well. They throw the ball sixty seven percent of the time and dump one tenth of an expected point every time they do it. It's this is a bad offense. Um, the only way, and this is always going to scare me with Seattle, the only way that I think that this that Seattle struggles here is that they run the football too much. And there's a little bit of evidence that last Thursday, that's what they wanted to do, and that's and they won, and like that, that would make me a little bit worried
0: all right well that that's that's the slate there's as i said there's a few games that that aren't on the board at pinnacle ones to some of them to wait on but obviously we got we got plenty of games to look forward to and thanksgiving in amongst all of it as well so thanks for thanks for the time today eric and andy happy thanksgiving to you and uh, i'll speak to you again next week
1: yep thanks ben
2: thank you
0: And thank you to everyone for listening. If you do want the latest NFL odds, obviously head over to pinnacle.com. Good luck with any bets and remember to always gamble responsibly.